Hello and welcome to the After Dinner Podcast. My name is Jay Swords. This is the podcast extension for ROI show number 506. Our guest for today is Dr. Chris Wells, President and CEO of the Dabrowski Center. We're going to be talking about the theory of positive disintegration. The history buffs joining us are Brett Menard and Rick Sweet. Rick, you get to start us off. Thanks, Jay. Chris, uh, I'm going to follow up on uh, sort of a question uh, shortly, short of my editorial comment on a, during the radio portion. Uh, the damage done to American society because of, uh, well, I'm going to say COVID, but also a, a uh, leadership administration at the federal level that ripped up most of the playbooks of American tradition and politics and foreign affairs, is there any any kind of corrective action that could be done collectively or on an individual level to help those of us suffering, trying to figure out what's going on, to move to a higher level of values? Oh, that's, that's such a great question. Um, I mean, surely there must be. I, I think hope that so. it starts with, well, right. I mean, me too. But I think that it starts with self-examination, you know, self-evaluation at the individual level, you know, as long as we're not able to look at ourselves and reflect and wonder how we can be better, how we can do better as individuals, it's hard to see, like, how to make a difference at, at the broader societal level. You know, I mean, I think that one of the biggest things that I've discovered in middle age is that when I was young, I was so concerned about changing the world. And I kept thinking, how can I help people change? How can I change systems? When I, Absolutely. And I realized that like, all I can do is change myself. That's what I have control over. That's, that's where I can make the most difference is by being a better person, modeling that, uh, you know, I have a child. So modeling that for my child, helping, him you know develop these things in himself and but that's at the end of the day being able to self-reflect see and and also deal with hard feelings you know not pushing them away not uh medicating them with alcohol or prescription medication but being able to to sit in discomfort to rethink all of this is necessary for growth and development. And I think that this is part of where we are seeing the struggle in our society. Okay, Brett. So one thing we've talked about is how Dabrowski isn't terribly well known um, like a number of other uh, psychological theories. Why do you think that Dabrowski has been kind of a niche uh, interest. I think it's mostly due to the inaccessibility of his work. Um, even now, most of his books are only available on PDF. There's only two of his original works that are available on uh, or in print and on Kindle, on Amazon. And so that lack of accessibility, I would argue, is the biggest problem. And I think that the other major thing is that he never worked in the United States after the 1930s. You know, he worked in Canada, which is close, but 
he was never doing his work in the United States, developing those connections during the time when he was in Alberta. And so, you know, if it wasn't for Michael bringing the theory to Gifted Ed, I don't know that I ever would have seen his name or heard about this theory. Um, Chris, I'm going to kind of pull things to Gifted Ed because that's how I became uh, aware of Dabrowski through Michael um, uh, when I was uh, first starting into um, the uh, the gifted field. I had a chance to, to work with Michael, and that was wonderful. Um, so I, I see a, a there. I'm going to sort of two part this um, a, a strength and then a, a potential misuse. Um, I found that that as a counselor, because I was in addition to a teacher, I was also a gifted counselor. Um, and I found that what I what Dabrowski did and what overexcitabilities did most in in terms of a positive was give gifted kids who were struggling and had been told by everyone um, that they had mental illness or they just couldn't fit in or they just this that or the other whatever the negative was, and it it gave them the idea the theory gave them an ability to take those negatives and turn them into positives to see it not only as I'm not damaged good somehow, but also that there's a, 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 a good thing coming. If I can get through this, things are going to get better. I'll, I'll be a better person for it. Um, and so that, that ability to reframe worked very well. What I saw later was a lot of people who use that as an excuse. Uh, I have a... Um, you know, a sensory overexcitability so I can't control my anger, for example. So I'm thinking from your from your work at the Dabrowski Center, um, how do you think, what do you think about those two elements in terms of being positive and negatives? Does that seem to be your experience as well? And how do we help the, that negative aspect not get used so much and concentrate more on the transformative aspect? I agree that that sounds really familiar. It's so true that I think the biggest blessing is this reframe for people who are gifted to realize that this difference, if they have overexcitabilities, isn't something wrong with them. And I agree that too many people, and especially parents, have used it as an excuse to kind of stay stuck in whatever it is that, you know, they're dealing with. But that's uh, the disconnect, I think, with the the broader theory is that he never meant for us to just understand overexcitability as a difference and, oh, okay, well, then this is just the way I am. If you're thinking this is just the way I am, that's a unilevel phenomenon. The whole point is to transform the overexcitability, that energy, into the energy that powers and fuels your personal growth and, and to change and grow. And I think that that's where we... You know, Michael talked about that so much in his work, uh, positive maladjustment and, you know, the way that gifted adolescents have this potential to grow and develop based on these overexcitabilities. But if we don't, if we don't help them understand that connection, that this is, you know, meant to power growth, that, that yeah, I mean, there's, I just, I do see that as a real disconnect and, and, a, and a problem that has really plagued the gifted field. Rick. Uh, 
Chris, uh, what does the the Brusky Center do? You're the uh, you're the uh, CEO and president of the center there in Denver. What uh, what are your outputs, your programs? What what do you do? So we're very new. First of all, I, it's I chose CEO instead of executive director. It's almost a joke, honestly, because we're not big enough for me to call myself that yet, but I am dreaming big. And so I'm, I'm using it. But what we're doing right now is like, for one thing, we have the podcast. That's our first and, you know, probably arguably most important program at the moment. I also have a positive disintegration study group. Anybody's welcome to reach out and ask to join it, but I haven't made it publicly an offering just because I'm trying to keep it relatively small at the moment. It's kind of a safe place for people to come and explore the theory. Uh, but also, there are a couple other groups that we've, you know, worked on. The big programs right now that I'm working toward are developing a database of providers internationally who work with the theory and also who work with the gifted, and also to develop best practices for working with the theory uh, at, at any level of being a practitioner, whether that's clinically uh, whether you're a coach or even an educator, and also developing best practice for working with gifted individuals in clinical practice and coaching practice, because somehow that doesn't exist yet, but it needs to. So those are kind of what we're doing now and where we're moving toward in, at the moment. But it's also, all of this is grounded in an archive of Dabrowski's work and Michael Pichowski's work. I am his kind of official archivist. I'm writing a book about Michael and his work right now and getting to know the theory. And so uh, those are the major projects at the moment. Okay. Brett. So if people um, have heard this and are interested in learning more, what's the best intro to Dabrowski uh, that they could resource, that they could find? I think it's the podcast right now. I think it's our Positive Disintegration podcast. Um, outside of that, you can go to Bill Tillier's website, positivedisintegration.com, and there's a tremendous amount of information available there. Dabowski's books, a couple of them, as I said, are available, but I'm not sure that that's the best place to start. I think that the podcast at the moment is probably the most accessible, and we have transcripts available on the Dabowski Center website. We have been using a professional transcriptionist to do them episode by episode, and we have 10 or 11 available right now, and there's more to come. Okay, um, Chris, I get the uh, honor of asking the last question, and I'm going to kind of piggyback off of what Brett just asked in that it seems to me one of the best ways to kind of get a feel for, for Dabrowski's theory is to look at some of those people that uh, that Michael would have identified as, as, as the end point, the people who had gotten um, to, to where we would all hopefully like to be. So can you talk a little bit about folks like Gandhi and Martin, Lu and, uh, you know, Martin Luther King and, um, sister sojourner and, and some of those people who, who really have sort of gotten to where we all hope to be? 
Sure. Sure. The thing that separates these people is their dedication to service to humanity. You know, they, their work is outside of themselves and their own concerns. It's to help other people, but also, you know, people like Peace Pilgrim, uh, you know, that's one of the exemplars that Michael has written about and studied, you know, these are people who have done the inner work, who have cultivated their own inner peace and that inner peace is what uh, makes them such radiant beings in the world. And that allows them to be, you know, models and like exemplars for other people. It, they're inspirational. They, they guide us. They're, they're guiding lights forward for humanity. They exemplify having, you know, the highest values and living them. They're authentic. All right. Well, we would like to thank our guest for this 506 show, Dr. Chris Wells, president and CEO of the Dabrowski Center. We've been talking about the theory of positive disintegration. The history buffs for today's show were Brett Menard and Rick Sweet. ROI can be found at 9.30 p.m. Friday nights on KALA Radio or on the web at TuneIn.com. If you're looking for older programs, you'll find them at SoundCloud.com. Just put KALA Radio in the search, click on the first icon, and scroll down to find nearly a decade of ROI shows. And you can also find ROI on all of your favorite streaming platforms. ROI is recorded at station KALA, San Ambrose University.